When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into the CHGO Blackhawks podcast presented as always by PointsBet. Use the promo code CHGO when you sign up and you'll get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. But that's not all. Oh, no. Make a $50 or more first-time deposit at PointsBet and you'll receive a free CHGO membership that'll get you access to all of our great web content, our Discord channel, and a sweet-ass shirt from the CHGO locker. All that for making a $50 or more first-time deposit at PointsBet. I'm Jay Zawoski with Greg Boyson and Mario Tirabasi. We are thawing out from a frigid morning <laughs> at Fifth Third Arena for Blackhawks Development Camp. And let me tell you, there were skaters there, and they were playing hockey. Yeah, bunch they, of <laughs> bunch of kids. <laughs> drills were being drilled. Drills were being drilled. And, and shooting and passing and all the good stuff. But the exciting news, and something that was a bit of a surprise this morning, uh, the Blackhawks announced their coaching staff, and Derek King... Is back is in the fold. Yeah. Him and Kevin Dean, uh, Jimmy Wade, of course, uh, will remain with the organization. Matt Meacham, the video coach, will remain. Um, but Derek King is back in the fold. And I think most people, I know there's some people, sometimes people in the chat, don't really love Derek King. But I think as an assistant in this role, uh, knowing some of these younger players very well from his time in Rockford, as well as having the kind of personality that's going to help with the failures and successes that young players go through. I think it's a no-brainer. It just felt to me as time was going by that it wasn't going to happen. Very glad to see he's back with the team. Yeah, I, I was I was happy for for Derek as a person because I, I I enjoy his company. Um, but yeah, I think I think he's he's in a good position as an NHL assistant coach. I think that that can fit him pretty well. Um, he won't have to be the guy in towns uh, for the team. So I think that that's also that's that's going to benefit him. Uh, as as a coach and yeah having the familiarity with with the play some of the players that are left on the roster from last <laughs> season <laughs> whoever get, that might be we'll get to that in a second but but yeah it, being able to to relate to some of the young players um i think is 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 good it's a good thing to have on on the uh, on the on the coaching staff and yeah i'm, I'm glad they didn't you know just kind of give them give them a raw deal and say oh thanks and thanks for interviewing but there's no position for you and I'm glad that they didn't just shoehorn him into some fake coaching advisory position either. Like just flat out easy as an assistant, real easy to do. Uh, and yeah, he should, he should uh, fit in well. Yeah. I was happy to see Derek back. I'm, I'm a big fan of his just as a human being, he's a great guy. And listen, 
he didn't do anything to warrant being unemployed the right. last season. He was put in the middle of an awful situation, and he actually had this team kind of sort of respectable for a little while there before eventually the talent gap took over. And you know, but you know, he took a team that was in utter chaos and made them simplify things and actually kind of look structured. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and you know, they weren't very good, but that wasn't his fault he didn't put the team (laughs) together but he got them actually playing competitive hockey for much of his time here you know how many of those games did they lose in shootouts or overtime you know he had them playing better than any time they had played under jeremy colleton no there's no doubt about that which which we're not saying like he had them playing well well no they were playing well better than than what we saw he only literally had to like take a half a step to clear that low bar exactly but he still cleared it so um no reason for him to kind of get the raw deal here this summer. Very happy that, you know, Luke Richardson wants to keep him on his staff, um, you know, or, or else they might have been able to create some new job for him. But, I mean, he's a coach. He's a hockey coach. He doesn't want to be a consultant. He wants to be a coach. And he gets to coach. So I'm going to assume uh, we've never met Kevin Dean. He spent the last five seasons uh, as an assistant under Bruce Cassidy with Boston. And an AHL coach before that, but I'm going to assume somebody's got to be the bad cop in that locker room. I guess it's <laughs> Kevin Dean because we had Luke Richardson here, and he definitely has you know an intimidation factor to him a bit. But he doesn't come off as a mean guy. We obviously know Derek King is like your fun uncle you want to hang out with. So Kevin Dean must be the the guy that's going to scream at you. I don't know. Uh, Luke don't Richardson know. pointed out that he'll be sort of in charge of the defense. Kevin Dean will be. Um, but yeah, I don't know what the dynamic of that will be. I think Luke has that sort of, um, bears, bears players talk about a lot with Lovey Smith. It's like, you feel like you're letting down your parent Mm -hmm. if you fail. And I think Luke's got that kind of vibe to him, but trust me, just knowing him from his playing days, Luke can get tough when he needs to get tough. And I'm sure he will. Uh, but, and I think that's why having Derek King on staff is is such a good idea because there's the guy who can be the, the shoulder for the guys that know him, and he's going to crack a joke when guys are feeling down and yeah. keep everything loose. In a year that, let's be honest, like it's going to be full of losing. It's going to be full of tough nights, yeah. and you are gonna you need a personality like that in the room to keep things a little bit looser. Uh, Narfin on the chat says, I saw numerous posts on the Blackhawks' Facebook page about the new coaches, and I don't get the backlash on bringing King back. Wasn't his fault the way the team went last year. Well, your first mistake is looking at Facebook comments because <laughs> they're perpetually negative all the time, no matter what. It'd be like, President X gives every American a million dollars. This jackass! You know, <laughs> it's Facebook. So take it with a grain of salt. Right. Um, you know, I think Derek King, whether you were impressed or not impressed with him as an assistant or as a head coach, an assistant is a perfectly fine role for him. Mm-hmm. I think he'll do well. Yeah, and, and especially knowing that the team was very content with keeping Anders Sorensen in the head coaching position yeah. in Rockford, it, it kind of shoehorned uh, King into basically you're either going to be an assistant or they're going to have to make up something for you. So, yeah, I, I think being at the assistant level is, 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 is good for him. I think that's the right fit. I know we got a super chat in here, $2 uh, super chat from Brandon. Uh, appreciate it. How Thanks, does Brandon. the Rockford coaching staff shape up? Like, like I said, uh, Anders Sorensen is still the uh, the head coach. Yeah. Yep, he was skating. Um, Peter Aubrey, I know, was there today. He'll remain the goalie coach, I yeah, believe. Yeah, I mean, the only other assistant they had last year was Jared Nightingale. I know they they really liked him a lot, but who knows? You know, 
the AHL coaching staff, we know Sorensen's going to remain as head coach. As far as assistants, he might get to pick his guys now. Or When you're at the AHL level, assistants are bouncing all around. Guys mm-hmm. get opportunities to you know for promotions or get opportunities to become head coaches at junior levels or nhl assistants so i don't we haven't had a, an official word on what the ice hog staff is but definitely Sorensen's still there i know the organization's very happy with peter aubrey mm-hmm. um and why not the, the goaltending has been very good in rockford the last couple of years so uh, we'll see what who, who anders decides to have as his assistant or assistants down there usually it's only one sometimes mm-hmm. two but we'll see well, and we know Kendall Coyne has been Kendall Coyne Schofield has been behind the bench in the for the Ice Hogs before. She was there today at, at, at camp. She's a development coach. Obviously, has her playing career still going on, but yep. um, it'd be interesting to see, you know, if she stays with the organization over the next few years and when her playing career does end. Um, wonder if there is a a coaching position for her down the line, whether it's with you know uh, Rockford or with Chicago. I mean, we've we've been seeing a lot of. Uh, a lot of movement in, in front offices and, and some, you know, some assistant coaching, associate coaching positions um, being filled by, by women at the uh, AHL and NHL level. And I think if there's, if there's ever a, a person who has the resume that would translate yeah. to being a, a pretty good coach and knows what she's talking about, it's, it's Kendall Coyne, Schofield, for when sure. She's, you know, it's, it's funny to see her still in playing shape, playing, you know, she's ready to go for the for the uh, championships, and she she's skating along the, with mm-hmm. the NHL players. Now the size difference is huge, but the speed isn't much off. And she's it was cool. It's cool to yeah. watch her navigate through the practices and and getting the, not getting the year like in a stern way. But hey, I noticed this. Try this, you yeah. know. And the players responding, like you said, the credentials of Kendall Coyne are they speak for themselves, yeah. you know. And if you can't respect that, I don't know. That's that's a you thing, <laughs> you know. It's she. She knows. Uh, she knows a ton about the game, and yeah, I think eventually when her playing career is over, that coaching at some level for sure is is in her future. The fact that she's doing it already while she's still actively playing speaks to her ambition mm-hmm. in that realm. And you know, props to the Hawks for bringing her in and and uh, giving her a shot. And when she calls it a career, I'm sure they will find a spot for her. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Uh, we got a bunch of questions and comments in the chats we will get to standouts or whatnot from camp uh in the second half of the show yeah we've got some we've got some news to get to so we will will get get to actual uh who looked best doing the one of the same drills drills. yeah yeah (laughs) well we should like this question from hunter who says do you guys think the coaches now will be a part of the team when the hawks are contenders that's that's (laughs) a good question i mean at least luke richardson uh i mean the Kyle Davidson wanted a guy that's not just a placeholder, a guy that's going to grow into the job and be the guy that leads them back to successful times. As far as assistants, you know, assistants come and go all the time. If the Hawks are getting back into some sort of respectability and and becoming a contender, you would think, you know, those assistants, Dean and and King would get looks elsewhere. Yeah. uh, Or it doesn't work, you know, but the plan is for Luke Richardson to be the head coach when the Blackhawks are back in the playoffs. That was why he was hired to be here. Um, they if they wanted a spot filler, it would have been Derek King. It would have been Derek King. Right. Right. Yeah. right. Yeah. So they, the plan, I, do I expect it? I have no idea. But Kyle Davidson yeah. does. So that's all that I mean, matters. Barring a catastrophic start to the rebuild where it's nothing improves and they're a bottom feeder team for three, four, five years, then you're looking at, 
coaching changes across the board and, and maybe even managerial changes. Who knows? But the thought right now is that that's not going to be the case. Right. Um, so, yeah, if, if, if Richardson can be the, the, the coach, the head coach to, uh, to, to turn things around and bring the Blackhawks back in the right direction, um, he'll probably stick with the job. And, yeah, assistants, you know, they, they, they might get other offers if things go well. Um, I, I think it's rare that you see a trio of head coach and assistant coaches stick together for a, for a long time. So uh, we'll see how it pans out. But, yeah, I mean, if if things go well, you know, Richardson should stick around and, and probably be a reason that things are going well. well we've got a lot of time to talk about this, obviously, a couple of years. Um, but, <laughs> the, you know, when, you, when you're judging Luke Richardson and his staff – it, for a while, anyway, it won't necessarily be wins and losses. It'll be, are young players getting better? Are the same mistakes being made over and over or not? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you're going to look for those small little, those small victories in the course of a game, in the course of a week, in the course of a month, in the course of a season, and hopefully all these guys are projecting up, 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 and that means that they're doing their job. Points don't matter right now. In fact, you probably want as few points as you can get to get into the draft um so you know get high up in the draft because there's three potential franchise players at the top of this thing next year um but you just want to see improvement from the guys on the ice you want to see development at rockford um it's gonna be really interesting to watch we were talking about it as we were watching camp today during the season we're gonna have to have like a check-in on the ice hog segment every week Mm -hmm. because isn't that the third line though what's that isn't that the third line well, yeah, well, yeah. right now that's what it is. Yeah, zing. <laughs> yeah, you're looking at the raw. If you're looking at the roster right now, the uh, the third line is going to be, I think, Josiah Slavin, right. and <laughs> yeah, it might be it might be us by the time we get Too to opening night. Too fancy skinny. We're gonna put that test to see if it actually works. Yeah. yeah, I don't know, and we can segue right into the the roster moves made today. Um, yeah, we we have all said it on this podcast, and it it bears echoing again today. Who is going to play for the Blackhawks yeah. this season? Let's spin the wheel of free agency and see who's out there. It's it's very interesting. So here's the news if you missed it today. Uh, the following players will not be given qualifying offers. Dylan Strom, Dominic Kubelik, Andre Altabramakian, Cam Morrison, Kale Morris, and Wyatt Kalnick. Um, Henrik Borgstrom and Brett Connolly have been waived for the purposes of a buyout. So those two are gone as well. And... Yeah. So Philip Kurashev and Caleb Jones, uh, by all accounts, are the only players who are on the RFA list that will be receiving qualifying offers. Yes. So as we look at how this roster is going to populate, and this is a good time to remind people that we'll be live Wednesday at 11 a.m. for the beginning of NHL free agency. It officially begins at 11 a.m. on Wednesday. We have corresponded our start time to then, so if any news comes in, we'll be able to react to it in real time. And <laughs> to react to a bunch of crazy deals i'm sure i also think talking to a couple sources over the last 24 48 hours keep an eye out on teams that are up against the cap that want to bring in a big free agent that need to move out a player and these are the sort of things like the peter morazic deal that the hawks can kind of jump on and say hey if your six million dollar player is tying you up from signing johnny gaudreau or whatever huge free agent you want to sign We'll take on that contract and that player, and you're going to give us a first-round pick, too. Mm-hmm. And then, when the deadline comes around, maybe that player gets flipped. And this is the sort of thing that Kyle Davidson's looking to do. He's already done it. You've seen him take on several assets 
um, you know, gain assets by taking on some problematic contracts like Morazic um, and, and, and those sort of things. So keep an eye on that as free agency approaches because teams are going to want to approach free agency with a plan of attack and with their with an open with an open wallet, quite frankly. Right. Yeah, I, I can't I can't imagine because we we were looking through, you know, OK, who's who are some RFAs that, that might not be qualified, that might be on the scrap heap? Who are some low level free agents? And it's really bare. Yeah. As far I mean, you can get some. Yeah, you can get some guys that have played NHL games, but it's it's not players that you have any value investing in where the Blackhawks where the Blackhawks don't even really have that much of a negotiating like chip where they can be like oh come to Chicago where we're going to be really terrible and we want you to be really terrible with us you know yeah you can you can you can offer them a a role in the lineup that they're (laughs) played well above what their potential actually is but yeah I do I do think now with kind of seeing the way things are going the the amount of cap space that the Blackhawks actually have right now um you know with with the Connolly and, and um Borkstrom buyouts you you get a little bit more I know they weren't probably weren't planning on having to eat five and a five and a half million dollars of Duncan Keith's uh retirement uh cap penalty but yeah I, you know there there there's an opportunity to go to a team or two or three and say you know, we if you want to give us one of your upper level prospects or a valuable pick, we'll take, you know, we'll take a, a, a bad contract off your hands. And that can fill out a roster of bad contract bad contracted players to, you know, hopefully get a shot at Connor Bedard. Yeah. Come to Chicago, help us lose. <laughs> yeah, that's your selling point. Yeah, Here's really. nine hundred thousand dollars. Come help us lose. <laughs> I mean that's worse jobs you could get. That's true. Yeah, I'd take nine hundred thousand dollars to help. I would. I would take league minimum to give them fifteen minutes a night and uh, take all the hits as possible. (laughs) So, Kyle, if you're listening, give me uh, give me a call. We got a super chat from Jacob. He says, "What's up, fellas? Go Hawks from California." Thank you, Jacob. We appreciate that. Appreciate that. Um, Yeah. So that that's the question, and and you're seeing like the guys that are not being brought back here. And I, and I was thinking about it before, you know, during camp. There is no more emblematic player of the stand, of the he who shall not be named era than Henrik Borgstrom. He oh, was yeah. the centerpiece of the Florida trade that sent uh, Carlson and who was the other one that went? Lucas Carlson Lucas and Walmart. Lucas Walmart. Yep. yep. To the Panthers. He was the guy. He was going to be the future. But what, didn't he say the best? Best college player he had ever seen. Yeah. So he apparently had only ever watched one college player, which is a problem because <laughs> he was drafting a bunch of college yeah. players. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a disaster. Thank God Riley Stillman is at least a functioning NHL player. <laughs> he's, 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 a warm, on, he's on he's this a warm roster, body. That's for sure. <sighs> boy, oh, boy. Yeah, just, just I, I was trying to do the experiment of, like, what would the lines look like as currently as we know the roster right now? So I have Sam Lafferty. With Taves and Kane, <laughs> Kurashev, Reichel, oh, and Johnson, Kachuk, Entwistle, and Radish, and Jujar Kara, and eh? <laughs> fill in your kid wherever you'd Gosh. like. And I mean, it's, there's no guarantee that all those guys are going to be there come opening night anyway. So. I know. Uh, interesting things to come for sure. Um, you know. Uh, it's it's a chore for sure, a lot of work to be done. But this is how, when you if you're going to rebuild, this is the route you got to take. You can't go half ass it. Try full ass. 
You got to yeah. put your full you ass to, into it. Yep. Um, you can't. You just you tear it down. It's what he's doing. You know, some people say, "Hey, we got we got comments in the chat." I, you know, people fans aren't going to put up with it. Well, you know, maybe maybe not. The the rest of the league is laughing. So what? I, I don't know. What are, are they laughing league? at? Look, last year, if the Maple Leaf, when the Maple Leafs did this, they were brilliant. Of course, they're going after Austin Matthews. This is, you know, Brendan Shannon has a plan. Out of town, stupid. Well, don't read the look, New York Post for Blackhawk articles. That's right. my first word. The, of the, what they're laughing at is like, well, it's Chicago and it's a big market and yada yada yada. Well, guess what? Last year they brought in Seth Jones, they brought in Mark Andre Fleury, they brought in Jake McCabe, yada yada yada, and they sucked. Mm-hmm. They have been trying to piecemeal this thing since the dynasty started fading in 2016-2017. You have to do it all the way. And part of the the downside of being a dynasty in a salary cap era is towards the end when you've had these giant contracts and all these guys are old and not as good as they used to be, you can't afford to bring in really anybody else and you're stuck with these players because they've got no movement clauses and they have huge contracts. So the back end is going to suck and it's going to hurt. This is the only way to do it. And if they get Connor Bedard next year, the league won't be laughing anymore because right. the Hawks will have a, a core of some of the best young players in hockey. The three first round picks they had this year, Connor Bedard or whoever they get in that top three, like, all of a sudden, it's going to look very different and start to make a lot of sense in short order. This is the way to go. I don't understand how you, a Hawks fan, would want them to just half-ass this thing and bring in players to sell tickets with no clear path to the future. How are they going to get from where they were before last week? Let's keep Alex DeBrincat on the roster. Fine. You want to bring Dylan Stroman, Dominic Kubelik back? Okay. Where is the path forward with that? Right. Where is the next star player coming from? You have to, you, you just can't keep doing it the way they've been doing it. It doesn't work. Look at Detroit, who hung on to Zetterberg and Datsuk and their old players for too long, and they were historically bad for three or four years. And guess what? All of a sudden, Mo Sider, Lucas Raymond, and they already had Dylan Larkin and Tyler Bertuzzi, who they drafted early in their tank. And now it's all starting to come together. And in two or three years, Detroit's going to be near the top of the Eastern Conference again if they do things right. And they've got Steve Eiserman running the ship. They're in good shape. This is what it looks like. I know it's hard. I know it sucks. But doing it halfway just does not work. It is a hard cap era. Yeah. You can't, you can't like backdoor your way through this. You just can't. I think one of the big things, too, is is understanding that this is a long-term plan. And what the Blackhawks could be looking at is the, I believe it's the 2025 offseason, is the NHL's projection when the salary cap is going to bump up in a major way. There's, there's going to be small incremental bumps year to year leading up to that, but as from what I understand, the 2025 offseason leading into the 25-26 season is when the salary cap bumps. My thought process in all of this is, yes, 2022-23 is going to suck. Yes. And there's a purpose for it. Trying to get the, the best odds at the top overall pick so you can land Connor Bedard. 
if you have those top overall odds and you don't get Bedard, then you might fall into Matvey Mitchkov, Adam Fantilli. That we, we talked with Chris Peters uh, before the draft, and he spoke about the 2023 draft and said, not only are those three players potential franchise changers, there's probably going to be two or three others in that at the top of the 23 draft who could be, who could be considered franchise-altering players. So the Blackhawks going into this position to be really terrible next season and potentially land one of those three guys or or be in, in the mix for any of them, that is... That, that is a goal for, for, for the short term. For the long term, it is build up the prospect system, get a couple young guys that you can believe in, hopefully land one of those three players, um, and then by the time you get to that 2024, 2025, 2026 season, you can hopefully have those young pieces ready to go. You can have a couple veteran play. Who knows? They might hang on to a few guys uh, that are veterans. But then when the salary cap jumps, that might be their window, if things are going right, to be, okay, now we're going to go and get the Marion Hosa-esque signing. Now we're going to go get, you know, uh, I'm just going to throw it out there. Austin Matthews is a, is a free agent in that range. If the Blackhawks are, are building something and have something going quickly, quicker than we're expecting, they can go after those big names. They can go, they can say, hey... <laughs> I'm pipe dreaming it, but hey, maybe Austin Matthews is something that the Blackhawks, with that salary cap jump, can throw out there and say, "Put us over the top." Yeah, I, I think it's 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 all part of this. You, there, you really have to look around the what is right in front of you. You have to have the the, the bigger picture because right in front of you is yep suckiness. It's right. gonna it's gonna it's gonna suck to watch this team not win a lot of games it's going to it's going to be bad to watch Jonathan Taze probably ask his way out of Chicago same with Patrick Kane we don't know what's going to happen with Seth Jones but um it's it's going to suck to see those guys go it's already sucked to see Alex DeBrincat go for an underwhelming return but the long term big picture has to be the view be, because yeah ticket prices all that empty seats it's all going to be part of it but if you land a Connor Bedard and you get the pros- you get the the right prospects and you develop them the proper way the empty seats and complain about ticket prices and and losses that window is going to be much smaller and we could potentially be talking about an extended window of competitiveness and getting back into having meaningful hockey games played by the Blackhawks in May and June that is the goal Oh, and then we get guys like Michael in our chat that just wants to take a crap on every single thing and just be completely negative. <laughs> no sure. pressure, no pressure. Ifs, ifs, and ifs. Yes, rebuilds and building teams, no matter if you're good or bad, they're all ifs. They're all gambles. Yep. They're all risks. I okay, just don't. What, what would what, you what, rather have the Blackhawks do? What's Keep the riding out the 2010 teams here and, and drafting 23rd? That's not how you rebuild a team. Right. That's what gets you in the shit we're stuck in right now. So maybe t- instead of taking a crap on every single move that's done in the, literally the first two weeks of a rebuild, just let it play out. All right? Keep the negativity at home. If it fails, you can be the guy that comes on and says, I told you Kyle Davidson was in overhead, and we're all. T- Pat you on the back and go, way to go. Until then, just let it play out. It's been two weeks. There's there's nothing easier. Enough. Nothing, there is no easier angle than being a cynic. That is the easiest yeah. thing to do. It's is, lazy. It's, it's lazy as hell. And also, cynics in general 
don't have an an alternative. It's just whatever right. the plan okay. is, it sucks. Tell us what you would rather what be do right now. What is the alternative? What should the Hawks do instead? Bring in top free agents? They did that. It did not work. Mm-hmm. It has not worked. It will not work. You need to rebuild from the ground up, and the way you rebuild from the ground up is by drafting high. Mm-hmm. Would you rather tank for a year or two and quickly rebound or be mediocre for a decade? I mean, think about if... If on Thursday, the Blackhawks had zero picks, they had no first round picks in this last year in this last draft, and all of their picks were were day two picks. Would we be ex, Would we? Would there be any excitement for the future? No, not at all. Yeah, Nazar, Rinzel, and uh, Korchinski could all bust, but we don't know that yet. They could all hit. I mean, it's they could. You, you have to... You also don't have to bat a 1,000 in your drafts. Right. That's why you add all the... That's why you, you get three you picks. Get, instead, of go, instead of buying one lottery ticket, you buy three. Right. And your odds are better when you have more than one. You know what I mean? Like it's, they had, a, look, they like, had 11 picks le- uh, on Thursday and Friday. If, if three or four of them hit and turn into serviceable NHL players, good. There you go. And there's one year, and there's if three or four hit, there's a, there's you know a quarter of your roster already. Right. Handled. You know what I mean? So it's And the Blackhawks already have two picks in next year's first round, which is going to be one of the most historically deep drafts ever. One of them is going to be really freaking high at this pace. And then you got Tampa's pick. And there are ways that you can maybe get a third or a fourth first round pick in that draft next year. That's a really good thing. Yeah. That's a tremendous job. And, Michael, we're not, t- like, yeah, we love you too, Michael. We, we thank you for watching, but it's like, <laughs> can you? Not every other chat has to be horrible. Let it hop on the ride. Let it play out. Stick with us. We're gonna vent together yeah. through all of this. I just we fr- have things to be frustrated, but right now is not. There the are gonna time. be eighty-two nights in yes. the upcoming. We're gonna <laughs> have in the 80, upcoming months where we can we can eighty-two post-game shows where we can sit here and go, <laughs> "What the f, man?" Yeah. But now's not the time. Now's to be a little positive. All right, Nate says, I want your guys' take on how you feel about the new scouting system and how they're approaching fleshing out organizational depth. It's, it's too early to we'll tell. find out. Like, th- they Luke Richardson was glad They clearly have a type that they went for, Yes, and it's not bad to be big and fast. Yeah, big, fast, and skilled is a good way to go through life. Uh, not What is it, fat? Fat, drunk, and, drunk and stupid. Drunk and stupid. <laughs> That's the opposite of Now that. you tell me. Yeah. Son of a <laughs> but it, it is like, to Michael and everyone who's feeling very frustrated about it, and look, it's, it's, it's totally a valid feeling. You invest your heart and soul and time and your dollars into the Blackhawks and to look ahead at what's coming for the next 24 months at least, yeah, it's going to be tough. And I get it, but re- honestly... He who shall not be named tried other methods. He tried the half-assed rebuild. Well, that didn't work. Then he tried bringing in the big names. Well, that didn't work. You've got to, you just have, at this point where they are right now, you just have to tear it down. Mm-hmm. You have to. The halfway thing doesn't work. And like, like I said, I'd rather go through three or four years of pain to get quickly back into actual contention than building up for f- three years then getting in like borderline playoff team, first round exit, first round exit, first round exit for the rest of eternity. I don't want to. I don't want the Blackhawks to be the Columbus Blue Jackets. I don't want the Blackhawks to be that kind of a team. I want them to be an, a team that's talking about another Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. And while nothing in this approach is proven, it is the most logical way 
to accelerate a rebirth into that sort of think and, about how, where the Hawks were in 04, 05, 06 before they got Kane and Taves and all these great players. It takes time to get there. And the Taves was number three overall. Kane was number one overall. There you go. I mean, mm-hmm. look at look at Colorado. Nathan yeah. McKinnon, first overall pick. Landis God, was he not a second overall pick? I think he was a top three. Kale McCarr, fourth. Right, Bone Byram, fourth. These fourth. are top five picks in cons- cons- you know consecutive years. Mm-hmm. So this is how you do it, and you have you have to build that core, and then you can build around it once you're ready to compete. Yeah. And by the way, Taves and Kane are drafted. You've already got Keith and Seabrook and Crawford in the system. They're already developing. Patrick Thanks, Sharp Thanks is already Mike there. Smith. So those two guys mm-hmm. suddenly jump out of college and junior hockey, and they're ready for the NHL, and you've got Keith and Seabrook there already. And all of it, oh, why did the Hawks get so good so fast? They didn't. It took a long time right. to get to this People point. Paying attention you just though. missed it because you weren't on the bandwagon, and Kyle which Dave, is understandable too. And, and Kyle Davis is putting the pressure on himself. Yeah, he's saying, "This is I'm, this is me. If this doesn't work, I'm the guy that's going to lose the job." Well, and that's and that's the thing is like, like Davidson is is essentially taking a flamethrower to the organization and saying, "We're going to clear all this out, and everything that we build here is going to have the name Kyle Davidson on it, and whether the the house stands or falls is is going to be on him." And I'd rather that than him try and piecemeal everything together with the heap of the team that he has been handed from the, the, the previous general manager and, and, and the you know front office that it was. I would much rather Kyle Davidson just swipe everything out and say, here's the plan that I have, and here's the, here's the blueprints. We're going to lay it out, and we're going we're gonna to build it this way. And if it, if it works, then you know he, he gets the stamp of approval forever. And if it doesn't, then he then he has to wear it. Bring on the next guy to uh, start rebuild number two. So Mike Kaffer in the chat, first of all, love the dog pick in his so avatar. Uh, he says, uh, how many teams are going to be active in the tank for Bedard? I feel like that's a whole episode, the rank it's, rank the tanks. Yeah, there's, there's the going to be there's going to be rank the tank. Rank the, the tank. tank. So, <laughs> I don't know if we want to answer that now or maybe like maybe that's a show. At there's going to be 16 teams playing for the Stanley Cup and 16 teams playing for Connor Bedard. And we'll, I think, by the by the all-star break, we'll know which 16 are which. Yeah. Yep. Because the, the middle class of the NHL is, is going to be hell this year, and no one wants to be in it. Right. But the Blackhawks are definitely... They're starting well, They're er- putting their foot, best foot forward to be in that leader. They in are race. starting early yes. on, uh, on the race so, to the bottom, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, that, that was fun. Yeah, I'm ready, I, I, I'm ready, I'm ready I just, for I just, three more years. I think, of this. Jay, do you need to join our friend there on the patio for a cigarette just to relax <laughs> my a little shirt bit? Shirtless I just, you know, uh, there's a lot of people talking about the national response to what the Hawks are doing. Out of town, stupid. It's easy for some ink stained wretch who half pays attention to hockey because it's his job to look around the league and be like, who can I rip into today? Oh my God, what are the Hawks doing? It's been very clear since Kyle Davidson took over exactly what the Hawks are doing. The he biggest, has said it. The biggest thing is the DeBrincat trade, and that brings everybody's eyes to Chicago right. because it was the biggest move, and it had an underwhelming return. If you singularly focus on that and you're like, what the hell are they doing? 
Well, yeah, you can you can say that, but if you look at again, you look at the whole picture, you can see what you can see the 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 plan that is in place that is going to be starting over completely, and yes, selling on on Alex DeBrinket and Kirby Doc as young players who have you know high ceilings and potential, yeah, that doesn't look great, but again, this is Davidson burning everything down from the pre from the pr- prior regime and that in, unfortunately included having to get first round picks for young players yeah. Alex Brink and Kirby Doc. So if you look at it singularly as as those problems, yeah, everyone's going to pay attention to that and be like what are they doing especially when a Canadian team is involved. Um, but if you look at the whole picture, you can say okay, I understand that that's a weird move and that's kind of an underwhelming underwhelming uh, return. But look at the the entirety of, of the moves Davidson has made. Like, look at the Hagel trade. Look at, the, like, the return on Doc was a net win, Yeah, I would say, as far as getting a first-round pick yeah. in the top 15 and an extra pick on top of it. The, you know, you, you look at the Hagel trade return and the Debrinkat trade and, and the Doc trade and flipping Alex Nylander for Sam Lafferty, even as small of a move as that is, it, those are net wins. So when you put it all together... It looks to me that the Blackhawks are coming out on the positive end, but if you look at single pieces, you can nitpick it to death. Yeah, of course. All right. I am very surprised by how breathlessly uh, anxious people are about a prospects camp report. Guys, it's not that exciting. <laughs> we're we're gonna get to oh, it. There's yeah, a reason why we're using the first 40 minutes of the show to not talk about prospects. It's fun. Yeah. But it's, there it's is stuff, stuff to get yeah. to. Well, first, we want to remind you, download that, that uh, PointsBet app. Use the code CHGO when you do. You'll get those two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but you make that $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll get a free CHGO membership, a free CHGO shirt from the CHGO locker, all that for making a $50 or more first-time deposit at PointsBet. Make sure you use that code CHGO when you sign up. Been having a good time with some in, in-game betting. Our play of the week last week was the Cubs plus 3.5 when they were down 3 nothing and they won. So over the weekend, I played a couple of those in-game bets. It's a lot of fun. It keeps you engaged in a kind of a mundane regular season you're, you're, game it can keep things going you're gonna so, ride that play of a play of the week on. i'm just saying it kind of like i'm like all right that, I, it's a, you know we did it kind of on a whim because we know tr- that was good yeah. going behind the curtain we actually forgot we had to do it so we had to scramble real quick and find a play and happen to work out but i do like that in-game betting because yeah. we're in july baseball's a little mundane at this point the games are kind of especially if you're a cub fan it's like or okay i'm just watching to watch <laughs> I'm not going to take any shots. Um, so playing a long in-game is great, and points bet is the best place to do it. So what are you waiting for? It's time to elevate your live betting game. Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with points bet. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER for counseling and referral services. We are also brought Services, to- not surfaces. Services. <laughs> I said services. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> we are also brought to you... <laughs> By Owen, O-W-Y-N, standing for only what you need. Owen is a 100% plant-based protein shake that gives you nutrition that works just as hard as you do. All of Owen's products are free of artificial ingredients. They are allergen-friendly. They don't contain any gluten or dairy and are easily digestible. You may have heard about Owen from Chicago Bears quarterback Justin Fields, who also follows a plant-based diet. Uh, Right now, Owen and CHGO are partnering up to give you an awesome offer. You can get 20% off of your first purchase when you go to liveowen.com and you use the promo code CHGO20. Again, that's 20% off of your first purchase at liveowen.com. 
with the promo code CHGO20. So join Justin Fields. Try Owen, O-W-Y-N, only what you need. All right. Without further ado. Drum roll, please. Development camp. We but first, no. <laughs> we have a super chat from Darren. How good is Andrew Sorensen as a teacher? How's the development staff shaping up? Uh, remains to be seen with the fact that it looks like Sorensen will be the head coach in Rockford means the Hawks think he's a good developer and a he good teacher. got the Ice Hogs to the playoffs when they had no business sniffing a postseason with that roster. He got Youngest in the league almost? He got a guy, somebody would ask about Michael Tepley. He got Michael Tepley to start performing uh, very well as well. So they're obviously high on him. So um, we'll see is the best answer I could give yep. you. But yeah, we, we, so far, so good. I mean, the, the, the results have been good. So far, in a, in a small sample size, uh, so he'll get, he'll get a full season in Rockford, and he's going to be very, very important for the next few years. We don't know the assistant coaches, but the development coaches, um, Eric Condra, Kendall Coyne Schofield, Chris Kunitz, um, they were all yep. leading the uh, leading the drills, charge. Yep. Peter Aubrey was uh, we're, we're all leading the drills today at day one of prospects. Yeah, none of the assistant uh, Luke Richardson, Derek King, none of them were on the ice during development no, camp and that's no. typical you don't usually see the coaching yeah. staff on the ice for development camp it is the uh, i'm sure they have a hand in what the drills are and what they're looking for yeah. but they're up on the perch looking yeah. down and watching the whole thing richardson was yeah he was there but he was up in the uh, the owner's skybox yes. yeah and it's all right here's development camp for those of you who have never been there <laughs> by the way Development camp is free to attend. Anybody can go. Yeah. And if you come, come and say you hi. see us, come say hi. We met Neil, who's been in the chat a bunch, and Bex introduced yourself. Awesome to meet people that, uh, you know, I, I always still think that my mom is the only one that reads my stuff, <laughs> so it's nice to know that there are other people out there. So, but here's how it goes. And Jay met uh, Charlie Romeliotis yeah, for Charlie the first Romeliotis. time today. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was awesome. <laughs> also, by the way, make sure you go to uh, Fifth Third Arena, not the Ice House. Yes, it is at Fifth yes. Third Arena. Not the Ice House anymore, yes. Yeah. Um, not many Beautiful prospects facility. hanging out the Ice House these days. So, basically, you get these guys out there. They're all wearing funky numbers. <laughs> Some of them are really tall. Some of them are not. And they just do drills. Uh, so I know you guys, who stands out? Who stand, it, It's kind of really hard to be like. Now, there, there are some guys we'll mention that we're like, oh, okay. But it's, it's essentially practicing and it's drills. It's drills that these guys have been doing since they were eight years old. Not a lot of excitement. There may be some more stuff as the week goes on. You get a little idea maybe with some of the um, – some of the uh, – Lost my train of thought. The one-on-one -on -one board battles. Mm -hmm. You can get a right. little idea of how guys are good with their body. You, one, get a, you get an idea of, like, individual skill sets and characteristics and traits of some of the players, but you don't really see it in a game setting. And, and prospect camp used to be different. Uh, a few years ago, every day there used to be a scrimmage to end the day. A few years later, it was, okay, scrimmage day is last day of the week. Now... This, this this prospect camp, there's not even a full scrimmage at the end of the week. It's going to be a mini three-on-three -three tournament. So even less of an idea of what these players can do in a game-type situation is going to be uh, on display. But, yeah, there were, there were a few players. You know, day one, it's it, you, you kind of just get a sense of, of, of each of the, the individual skill sets and players that you're going to be uh, you know paying attention to. We, we wrote about it uh, early this morning yep. on allchgo.com. We each gave uh, a number of prospects that we're paying close attention to uh, heading into this week, so go and check that out. Um, yeah, I mean, the, 
I, I mentioned it on, on, on Twitter uh, today from, from camp. This is one of the biggest groups of prospects that I remember They're seeing huge. in the last few years. They're yeah. a lot of really big dudes. Yeah. Really tall. Most of, the, yes. most of the really tall ones are also very thin, but it's, you know, these are 18, 19, 20-year-old kids that, you know, have yes. to... Uh, a bunch of kids that just started shaving last week, so we got time. <laughs> these are some kids that got to stuff themselves full of, uh, uh, full of you know, beef sandwiches and stuff. And to, taste uh, meats, to, my friend. There were definitely some going. standout moments, though, and Nate says, give me some copium. Did anybody have a moment where you went, oh, I like that? For me, yeah. there were a few. Uh, Drew Camesso made a sick glove save. On a like a quarter rink drill, uh, he he looks yeah, he pretty solid. Yep. Uh, the guy who stood out to me the most was Ethan Del Mastro. Yes, that kid at nineteen looks like a seasoned NHL veteran in terms of his body size. Big, mm-hmm. He sticks out as physically. Like, yes, you could. He's got an NHL frame already, and like there was in these drills, you're not going to get a lot of contact you're not gonna get a lot of fit but man he's gonna put somebody through the, through yeah. a brick wall one of these mm-hmm. days he threw a couple of hits where like you hear the board shaking you're like hey you're not supposed to do that kid. <laughs> <laughs> he yeah. is ready to go that six, is a, that is a physical player right six, there. six four two ten and he already knows how to use it well like yeah. he is he's, he is a strong kid um, if I'll, I had no idea who any of these kids were and you say watch these kids do drills for 15 minutes and pick one player that's gonna play in the NHL Ethan Del Mastro is the kid I'm picking. Yeah, the there was, yep. They were doing some board battle drills, and there was one I saw with between him and uh, Wyatt Kaiser, and he and he pinned Ki- he you know slammed Kaiser into the boards and almost. I, I think if this was a game situation, he would have he would have finished it, but he almost just dumped him on his back and was just. I, I think he let up at that point, knowing like, hey, I don't want to hurt it's anyone teammate, here. Right. Yeah, but he he planted him, and oh, it was it was one of those hits where. You know, you 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 hear the contact and then you hear it follow through onto the boards, and you're like, "That's a pro. That's a pro hit." Yeah. And so, yeah, Ethan Dalmastro, his his physicality, his just strength as a kid, uh, really stood out in in just some of the battles that they had. Speaking of board battles, uh, one guy noticed Michael Crutill. Every time I looked up at him, he was winning his drill. Mm-hmm. He was taking pucks away. He was winning board battles. He was scoring like he looked really impressive. Uh, Frank Nazar. Uh, had a really nice moment uh, in a drill against a coach, but still, <laughs> it was. I think Phil Thompson might have uh, tweeted. Oh no, you know what? James Navo retweeted the drill. Find at James Navo on Twitter. He retweeted it. Really nice move by uh, Frank Nazar to spin off a coach and create a scoring chance. The first round picks to me all looked like first round picks. They seem to be a little bit better than some of the other prospects. Um, and then the other guy I noticed was Philip Roos who was the uh, international free agent signing last season. From Sweden. Big big defenseman. Uh, He, again, looked like a pro. And he was. He's he's 22, 23 years old, whatever he is. Um, That's a guy who will actually get a look to make the team this year. And uh, he just seemed to have a more uh, developed mental part of the game, Mm. where sometimes you see, see these prospects and everything's a little bit, like, harried. You know, like everything's kind of rushed and, and hectic Reac- and reactive. Yeah. Yes. He was very kind of calm and just did the little things needed to make the necessary play. And so you saw him not trying to Rudy Rudiger his way through <laughs> development camp, but to just say, hey, this is what I know how to do. I'm not going to yeah. panic. I'm going to make the safe play. So a lot of that stuff from Philip Ruse. Those are the guys for me personally that stood out. I think it's also important to note that this is the first uh, prospect camp that we've had in since the summer of 2019. 
the 2020 and 2021 camps were not held because of, you know, COVID and then scheduling issues. So one player that stood out a little bit, and it's going to sound weird, but he stood out is Alex Vlasic because his first prospect camp was in 2019. And I remember watching him at camp and being like, I can see where he can go. Obviously he has this, he has the size, but his skating ability was, was a little raw, but it was good for his size. And watching him today, seeing, you know, carrying over from the, the, the end of the season where he got, got into a, a dozen games or so um, at the NHL level and then seeing him today in his, in his next prospect camp being essentially a man amongst the boys, he looked that way and he, he looked like, oh, yeah, that's, that's the NHLer out there. Um, so, I mean, take it for what you want, but it definitely seemed like he was not in the quote-unquote prospects group. Yeah, the couple guys that I caught my eye, um, Nolan Allen, mm-hmm. 2021 uh, first-round pick. He was definitely in some of those one-on-one uh, battle drills. He's definitely a guy that looks like he knows how to use his body well to defend. Mm-hmm. Definitely physical. Uh, that was good to see. That's his ex reasons why a guy like him was, was drafted. Um and I completely drawing a blank on the <laughs> other guy. Oh, Landon Slagert was Slager, another guy. Yeah. That, uh, another guy that, you know, again, it's so hard to judge these on just drills where you're supposed to go to the front of the net. That's the drill. But he looked good. He looked like he knows, again, another guy that knows how to use his body to get inside positioning. A guy that's willing to take an elbow to the ribs mm-hmm. to get to the front of the net. Uh, and one other note. Uh, Slagert also, I think the only one that had facial hair. So there you go. There's a, a day one report for there you. you. <laughs> first, first beard. Um, <laughs> congratulations. Uh, one other quick note. One of the prospects we were excited to talk to, he was a guest of ours a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Jalen Lipen is not going to be doing any on-ice activities for the week. Right. He's in camp. He'll be taking part in all the off-ice stuff. But uh, as we were told Nursing by the team, shoulder he had injury. a sh- uh, suffered a shoulder injury during the CHL playoffs uh, with the Edmonton Oil Kings. So he's not, out of just a precautionary measure, not going to take any on the on-ice activities. So that's a little disappointing. I kind of wanted to see yeah, him. Yeah, I but, did want to see him, yeah. You know, playing it safe. Um, so, yeah, that that was day one of prospect camp. And one, th- more, one more guy I want to mention. He stood out to me, and I asked you guys, where did this guy come from? Joseph Serpa uh, mm-hmm. from the Kitchener Rangers. He had 69 nice points in 62 games. <laughs> Um, he was an invite. He's a camp invite. Yep. And that dude, I don't know if he's going to make it, but he, he was doing motor. he was doing everything he could to stand out. Yeah. Oh yeah. He like, was That's what and that's what you kind of want to see with, you know, these 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 uh players that get invited. It's just like what are you going to do to stand out cuz everyone else here is here for a purpose. Like, you year. were you were brought in to, you know, Hey, show us what you got. You got to take that opportunity. He could be this year's camps. Uh, who was it? Uh, Alexander Fortin. Remember him? Oh, yeah. yeah. Good old number great, 84. He had a great uh, prospect camp. They gave him an entry-level An-off deal. D- yeah. He played for the Ice Hogs for a couple of years. He had a f- few Wait, games yeah, at yeah. the NHL level. So, yeah. I mean, those are the, that's what you want to see out of a guy that's just an invite. Say, hey, okay, I'm not one of your draft picks, but I'm going to bust my ass so you look at me. Um, one player that caught – sorry. No, okay. You know. One player that caught my eye, uh, and it's hard to miss, is six foot eight uh, Riku Tihola, yeah. Tohila, who Attaboy. was the, uh, nice. the seventh, seventh round pick 
from this this past draft. So he was the, uh, the the naive small town prospect. Yes, uh, as as the report said, that was the only thing small about him. <laughs> yeah, was the town he's he, from. He is uh, all six foot eight. Huge. I will confirm. He 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 fills that out for sure. Um, and I would say he he plays like someone who is six foot eight. It was very long and 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 lanky and definitely feels like a project. Yeah. I don't know if he'll ever play in the NHL. The giraffe on skates. But you you take a swing and maybe you get some big to, bruiser out of it. But he is a project. But he's tall. Trying really to tall. think of a of a center that has played that big. I can't think of I, like what. I Eric mean, Adam, is what, like Adam six, Lowry four? is six six, but he's much better. Than, yeah, than, I, I than just that. maybe they transition him to defense. I don't know. I mean, maybe. that's a big dude to play forward, especially center in the John league. Scott. And to have to yeah, there you go. I, th- I mean, to have to move at, as much as a center does. Again, I I can't project his entire career. Why not? Seeing him, seeing him for the one hour that I did today, (laughs) I will, I will say, (laughs) I will say the mobility will need to really improve in the next few years for him. And and the the other fun thing that came out during camp that people are mentioning in the chat, uh, our buddy Charlie spotted Jonathan Taves walking around the building, um, and so he was there. People asking, "How was his body language?" He was walking. He, he looked like a guy who had walked before. <laughs> he didn't talk to anybody. Um, he wasn't there no, he with. Wasn't a, didn't partic- seem like he was there with a purpose. Just hanging just around, hanging out. You know, seeing who m- these kids that are going to take his job. Are, maybe he uh, was are there with a note from his agent. I'm not going to speculate. No, <laughs> I thought I it was weird. Know. He had a gas can and a blowtorch. <laughs> box yeah, of, box of matches. Yeah, yeah. that was weird. Know. Yeah, there was no, there was no interaction I with Jonathan Taves. I, I didn't saw the see. Tweet, yeah, I didn't so see. Him. Yeah, if he was, it was literally he walked in the building and headed right to the. He was to the back. He was just walking in the in the players area. Yeah, right. So it wasn't a big, you know. He wasn't leading drills. He wasn't. Show, he didn't. He didn't step out on the ice. Hey guys, let's let's knock the yeah. puck around. Hey, I'm Jonathan Taves. That'd be That's cool though. He should do like the old stunt. Was it? Uh, remember, Greg Maddox did that with Chris Bryant, didn't he? Like Greg Maddox, like put on a mustache, oh, yeah, and yeah, yeah. pretend to be a cameraman, yeah, and yeah. It's like throwing <laughs> him splitters and stuff. Uh, yeah, he should he should have done that. But uh, we got a super chat here from C and Experience. He said, "If Kane Patrick Kane wants to play for another team, what team would you want to see him play for?" Somebody, that's a simple answer. Ooh. The one that's going to give me the most prospects and or picks. That too. Most yes. desperate team. Yeah. yeah. Normally, I would say a team in the Eastern Conference because I don't want to play against them. But if you're trying to lose as many games possible, send them within the division so he could beat your ass seven yeah. times this year. <laughs> there you <laughs> go, there Avalanche. There was yeah. some mention of the Avalanche. There, and, yeah. um, Friedman, Elliot Freeman threw that little nugget out there that if there was a, the Avalanche apparently tried, not tried, but called last year to see if there was any interest. And apparently, if he's going to want a trade, they're going to call again. Can you imagine? Bring it on. I'd watch that. If, that'd be if fun. Patrick that'd be Kane is on the other side of the ice on banner raising night be, for the Colorado be, Avalanche to open the season, yeah. I don't know how to handle <laughs> that. <laughs> That would be pain. That would, that would be pain, yeah. pain, pain. That would be a very fun storyline. You trade him to Colorado, and his the, first game with the Avalanche would be against the Blackhawks. I do really like the idea. A lot of people have suggested this, too. Kane to the Rangers for Capo Caco Plus. That gets sure. my interest. Yeah. Eh. Yeah. It's I know he's the, had the a slow is, The plus has got to be very intriguing to make it, uh, to yeah. make it all work. And I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the Rangers have been a popular... Uh, 
speculation. Popular speculation. What's well, close to Buffalo? Yeah, and oh, Panarin's and there. the Panarin there, but mm-hmm. like I don't. Realistically, I don't know if the Rangers could pull that off. That would. I feel like if it was but, the Rangers, it'd be a deadline deal because they're. I don't know. You can't take on a, you know, even even a reduced cap, uh, at at a full at a full five and a half million hit. And know? we got we got a we got another we got a question. What would Colorado Colorado give up? I don't know. Maybe you ask for. Nathan McKinnon. Joe Sackett. Maybe you ask for... Uh, yeah, can Joe uh, maybe, Sackett maybe be our get, hockey know, ops president? Obviously, you're not going to get a Kale McCarr, but maybe you can get a Samuel Girard out of that deal. Um, mm-hmm. And then you get Wait, their first-round pick, which will be a late first-round pick. But again, if you're getting three or four picks in this yeah. historically deep draft, you're okay with having number 28 or 29 after you've picked first overall. Like, it's okay to have I that would, pick. I would, I would like a deal involving Alex Newhook. I wouldn't... Uh, wouldn't hate that. No, that would be okay. Yeah, you'd have they'd have to give up something that you can something of value. Yeah, this year's team. Mm-hmm. Trying to pull up their uh, draft picks, but uh, the internet is failing me Sorry. at the moment. Wait, you, I think um, you mentioned Samuel Gerard. Isn't that Tommy Lee Jones's character from The Fugitive? It is. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Yes. He also a big dog's f- always right. Also oh, a oh, 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 oh. a fleet-footed NHL defenseman as well. <laughs> One and the same. All right, looking at the Avalanche for the next three years. Next year, they have a first-round pick, nothing in rounds two, three, or four, and then a pick each in five, six, and seven. 2024, a first-rounder, no second or third, uh, one-fourth, no fifth, a sixth, and a seventh, and then 2025, one pick in each round. So they don't have a ton of, like, that mid-round capital that can kind of put a trade over the top, a second or third-round pick. They don't want any of that. So yeah. it's going to be first. <laughs> it's going to be prospects. It's got to be first. If, if you're giving up your loan first, that's – Probably worth it to put a Patrick Kane on the uh, Colorado Avalanche. Alex Newhook, after next season, will be a restricted free agent. Mm. That's a guy you can add to your rebuild and, and keep around take for a, a while. Yeah, take a, take a chance on. How about a Taves for Taves trade? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they're going to go for that. Probably not. That would be interesting, though. All right, well, guys, I think, you know, it's uh, it's only Monday. We've got a big week ahead. Cubbies are uh, trying to get on at, on this. Are you trying here. to end our show? I am trying to end the show. I like that you've put polka dots on well, my shirt, I just, by the way. I thought that, you know, you should match the rest <laughs> of you guys. I don't That's know. Awesome. I just, yeah. Yeah. James uh, is the memo on the, uh, the, the, the dark blue polka dotted. Yeah. My polka dotted shirt is at the cleaners. Ah, uh, of course. I'm not going to move. I want to make sure it works for the remainder no, of the show. You know, it's pretty close I, enough. Well, yeah. Greg does a Strava read and we yes. can leave. Before so we the, leave, I do want to. So the mighty Cubs can get right, in here. Well, you know, I do want to make a, sure teams we. Teams uh, are battling. Any of their prospects team. do drills today? I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I do want to make sure after you, you talk about the uh, amazing coffee at Strava, I do want to make sure we hear from our, uh, our, our friend Frank Nazar. Yes, that'll be how we read. Yes. Oh, and I have a quick thing to report, and you reminded me three times, and I still forgot. I <laughs> uh, was talking to a source about, like, okay, they're letting Dylan Strom walk. Why didn't they get something for him? The best offer the Hawks received for Dylan Strom was a six-round pick. So the, the Hawks look at that and say, you know what? Let's do right by the player and give the player some options in his free agency, and those sort of things can pay off a little bit down the road as other players catch wind of that. It's It's a good... It's like a goodwill sort of a move. So, yeah. Yeah. Eh. which who knows? Not to take up too much of the Cubs' time, but that is something that even as as Kyle Davison is essentially burning things down, at least leaving with some amicability with players that you're letting go, it's worth it down the road. All right, let's hear about Strava, then we'll hear from Frank the Tank, and then we'll wrap it up. All right, before we get out of here, if you want to start your day with a competitive edge, you need to go and visit our guys, our friends, our pals, 
Strava CBD Craft Coffee. It's helped thousands of people to improve their overall wellness and quality of life. Strava delivers delicious, fresh, roasted, specialty coffee infused with organic, broad-spectrum CBD. The CBD from hemp doesn't make you high or hungry, but it does offer real benefits that can help you, such as feeling more alert and focused without all the jitters. You're going to be able to live your day more balanced with with less anxiety, fewer aches and pains, plus including CBD in your routine can also help you get a more restful night's sleep so you can wake up feeling your best. Plus, Strava is all about quality. Everything is fresh. It's small batch. It's shipped directly to your door. And CHGO listeners, that's you guys. You get to save 25% on all your purchases just by using that promo code CHGO25 at checkout. Once again, it is Strava, S-T-R-A-V-A, craftcoffee.com, promo code CHGO25 at checkout to save 25%. And if you already love the product, which you should, join the Strava Coffee Club and subscribe and save. Tell them what you want, when you want it, where you want it to be, and they take it from their Strava Craft Coffee. You want to set so, up this beautiful piece of audio? Yes. We, uh, we were able to talk to a number of the uh, prospects from today's uh, day one of camp. Most of them, I believe, were all uh, from the 2022 draft class, which was just constructed last week. Um, talked to a number, number of kids, but, uh, you know, they're all kind of saying the same thing. Uh, but one thing did stand out. It was uh, from, from Frank Nazar. Uh, talking about uh, Phil Thompson set up the the question. You also hear from yours truly there uh, at the back end of the quote. Uh, but he uh, he asked Frank about uh, nicknames that his teammates might have, and y- you just have to smile at this 18 year old child <laughs> answering <laughs> questions from the Chicago media. So here's Frank Nazar from earlier today. No more teammates have uh, nicknames for you. Um. No, honestly, it's just like Frank or, or Nazar. It's just kind of all the same. It doesn't really matter to me. There's a bunch of different forms of Frank, like Frank Glenn and Frankie, so that's kind of – those are only things, I guess. I thought with your your last name, somebody might uh, try something because it's an unusual last name. No, but, I mean, there, there's room for, uh, like, open <laughs> open sayings, I guess. <laughs> so. You open to Frank the Tank? <laughs> yeah, I don't mind that. Like, I used to be called Frank Sinatra, actually, because it was like – kind of a joke like I do it my way but, so, but that was when I was younger so so Frank so Frank Nazar when asked hey you got any uh nicknames from your teammates uh yeah uh, people call me Frank or, or Nazar wow <laughs> riveting stuff riveting so that stuff. was good but uh yeah I would like to officially make uh Sinatra the Frank right, Nazar done. nickname done. of the CHGO Blackhawks podcast so we will uh, we'll, we'll maybe get an opportunity to talk uh, one on one, what well, three on one with uh, Frankie Sinatra there uh, later this week. All right, we're gonna go. Thanks for listening. We'll be back tomorrow, two thirty again after prospects camp and reminder Wednesday show live at eleven. I'm Jay. That's Greg. That's Mario. Get the points by app. Use the code CHGO. Thanks, Lawrence. Bye. We love you guys.